G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, one of the biggest moral and political battles to be engaged with in the coming year will be the battle for religious freedom. And there are some developments to talk about today with a call on the Human Rights Commission to clarify whether there is a gap in the current law that protects religious freedom. Uh, We'll get some insights in just a few moments. Uh, The picture that is developing with Senator Eric Abetz in just a few moments, he's been putting pressure on the Human Rights Commission to identify defects and weaknesses in Australia's laws around religious freedom. That conversation coming in just a few moments. We're about 90 minutes away from Focus on the Family today, a segment on creating a godly vision for your marriage. And in the hour after focus, we're going to check in on rising persecution at the end of the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. We checked in with open doors at the beginning of Ramadan. So uh, we'll get some perceptions from open doors again today on whether in fact there was an increase in attacks against Christians during the past month. That conversation coming in the hour after Focus on the Family. As I said, there are some engaging conversations, engaging issues ahead of us on this Wednesday edition of 2020. Well, as you know, the battle over religious freedom is far from over. Most of the Christian commentators I've spoken to saw the Morrison government win at the last election as something of a reprieve from a Labour platform riddled with what looked like a progressive onslaught against people who hold Christian faith. The laws around our religious freedoms are firmly on the agenda and will be coming into a new moral and political battlefield when Parliament returns. In December last year, Prime Minister Scott Morrison committed to act to make religious discrimination unlawful, to create a new statutory position of Freedom of Religion Commissioner in the Australian Human Rights Commission and to require the Human Rights Commission to emphasise the importance of religious freedom. That was all before the Israel Folau case came to prominence. It came to light that there are important questions about whether Christians have the right to publicly declare our religious beliefs, or even to quote the Bible, and that includes even on social media. And while the Folau case is likely to re-emerge in the Supreme Court, the Human Rights Commission and the Fair Work Ombudsman are being pressured to clarify what the current law is in relation to public expression of a religious belief. Well, Tasmanian Liberal Senator Eric Abetz has been vocal this past week in pointing out that the existing authorities are not enforcing the law as it stands. In other words, 
we should know what the current law is before making sweeping changes to the law. Well, Senator Eric Abetz is joining us from his Tasmanian office this morning. Uh, Senator Abetz, a special welcome along to 2020. Good morning. Good to be on the program as always. Senator, this issue is likely to be a red-hot issue in the coming month and uh, under the spotlight when Parliament returns. Uh, what are your thoughts for the likely debate that will come when, uh, when Parliament is back? It's a matter of regret that I think you're right, that it's going to be a red-hot issue. My view is that it should not be a red-hot issue. It ought be an issue that all Australians of goodwill can come together and understand that freedom of speech, of which freedom of religion is a subset, uh, or is one of the fundamental cornerstones of our society, our culture, the way we do business, and as a result, it deserves protection. It has always been a given in our society until we started having different discrimination laws enacted. And so now, for example, Australians can enforce their rights uh, on discrimination matters on the basis of race, sex, disability and age, but they can't on the basis of religion. And so I think there... That is one of the things that has come out of my correspondence with the Human Rights Commission, where they themselves acknowledge that um, the limited protection at a federal level, and I'm now, and I'm now quoting from the um, uh, letter, the limited protection at a federal level of discrimination based on religion or belief has been identified as a significant gap. And that is why the Morrison government has been so right in identifying this as an issue now confirmed by the Australian Human Rights Commission and it needs to be addressed. I suspect we ought to see that response as a major development in the debate as it moves forward. And so as the Attorney-General, Christian Porter, and the Prime Minister are now looking at this issue, uh, there's important advice there that's come from the Human Rights Commission. Did you expect that sort of response? I was suspecting that that might be the case, but it's interesting that it's now confirmed. The Human Rights Commission has confirmed that there's a significant gap, and they also say because of this gap in the legislative framework, there haven't been many cases brought to their attention because if you can't get a resolution of the matter, why bother bringing a case? And so uh, I think the letter from the Human Rights Commission has added a new dimension to the debate and confirmed to our fellow Australians there's a gap and if we treasure our freedom of speech, freedom of religion, then those things need to be protected. And, of course, it was the Israel Folau case that uh, excited my interest in the matter to ascertain exactly what the law does provide. In relation to the Fair Work Commission, to which I've also written, I've asked them about certain clauses in the Fair Work Act which specify that employers and employees cannot contract out of certain employment standards, one of which is that you cannot discriminate on religious belief and therefore Rugby Australia's attempt to hide behind a contractual arrangement whereby they claim uh, Israel Folau was not to ex allowed to express his religious views in a particular manner 
may well have been an illegal clause in the contract. But we will have to wait and see if uh, that is what uh, the Fair Work Ombudsman tells us. And whatever the Fair Work Ombudsman tells us uh, will help inform what the legislation uh, ought to contain for the future. So is it the case then if Fair Work Australia and uh, the Ombudsman, uh, as well as the Human Rights Commission, if they haven't been able to take any action because there's been this deficiency in the law, and as you say, and as uh, Rosalind Croucher has said, there hasn't been many complaints because people realise there can be no resolution there because they can only make a recommendation about what is right rather than enforcing the law. Is there a sense, Senator, that uh, if there are changes uh, that this will create an opportunity to enforce the law. And if that is the case, uh, are there a, is there a downside to all of that? What are your thoughts about the outcome of, of, of actually making laws that can be enforceable with regard to religious freedom? That's a very good question. In my ideal world, uh, there would not be any legislation at all. Uh, but what we've done... Um, as a society, as a parliament, is go through the international treaties that guarantee our God-given rights. And what parliaments have done is just cherry-picked through those international treaties. So one day they legislate about sex discrimination. Another day they might legislate about racial discrimination. And of course, if you're to have a whole body of rights then you should be legislating in relation to all of them because it stands to reason that from time to time there will be competing rights as between, let's say, free speech, freedom of religion, um, all manner of things. And that is where you do need to have a broad approach, a holistic approach to ensure that all rights are covered and this cherry-picking that has occurred in the past has now meant that uh, age discrimination and disability discrimination uh, is now more protected than freedom of speech or freedom of religion and freedom of belief. And I think that is a real gap in our law and as a result it needs to be addressed. My ideal would be, I think, that we used to be wholly protected by the common law in relation to freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But I think that time has passed and we now have to look at and deal with that which we presented with, which is, as the Human Rights Commission has identified, a significant gap. And that in itself, I think, is significant terminology to say that there's a significant gap in relation to protection of religious freedom and uh, freedom of belief. I guess it's likely that there'll be no outcome from a possible uh, Supreme Court uh, action that uh, may see the Israel Folau case uh, come to the fore and that's not likely to perhaps be resolved before the Parliament will be talking about these sorts of things. Is it likely that the Human Rights Commission will uh, will wait for some sort of Supreme Court uh, decision to clarify the sorts of uh, issues in the law uh, so that they don't have to make a response in these sorts of things? What are your thoughts here, Senator? I think the Human Rights Commission will 
uh, liaise with government, give it the benefit of its advice and consideration. And at the end of the day, we've got to draft laws that apply generally. And whilst the Israel Folau case has elevated this matter in the public consciousness, the uh, particulars of the case need, I think, to a certain extent to be set aside to ensure that we deal with a broad principle and not with a specific case. So I would imagine that the change in the law that is so vitally necessary can proceed without Israel Folau's case actually being resolved by the Supreme Court. In the meantime, you're arguing that it has long been a feature of Australia's workplace relations system that people can't be sacked for expressing a religious view. The fact that this has emerged, uh, that creates obviously all of this concern, but uh, this idea of reading between the lines and recognising that it ought to be uh, the right of every person to hold a religious opinion, uh, this, has, this is something that we would take for granted, but obviously that, that's not written into the law. This uh, issue needs to be determined whether or not an employer and employee can contract out of the provisions of the Fair Work Act. The Fair Work Act specifically says, in my reading of it, and I stand to be corrected if that's what the Fair Work Ombudsman says, but in my reading of it, uh, an employer-employee relationship cannot contract out of the obligation that there be no sex discrimination, religious discrimination, race discrimination, etc. And so in those circumstances, Rugby Australia cannot, with respect, hide behind the alleged contractual relationship with Israel Folau in that particular case. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what the determination of the Ombudsman is. Suffice to say, I've been very heartened that a left-wing lawyer, Josh Borenstein, a former Assistant Secretary of the ACTU, Tim Lyons, and even uh, Mr Maher from the hardline CFMMEU, has indicated that uh, if Israel Folau had been one of their people, they would have gone into bat for him. So this is now, I think... Um, straddled the political divide and there are Australians from different political persuasions that can see the inequity and the injustice of what's happened to Israel Folau and so I've been heartened by that and that is why I'm hopeful that the Parliament will be able to determine this matter on the basis of the fundamental principle that we do have God-given rights or human rights that uh, do allow people to exercise freedom of speech, of which, as I said before, freedom of religion is a very important subset. Clearly, it would be an advantage if there was some bipartisanship in approaching religious freedom laws. And uh, I note that the opposition has been making noises about protecting religious freedom. And there's been a number of commitments uh, dating back some years about the idea that religious freedom is important. But given the Labor Party platform, it doesn't sound authentic. And uh, that's a big ship to turn around when it comes to the way people in the Labor Party might be seeing issues of religious freedom. What are your thoughts uh, for the uh, possible uh, acceptance in the opposition of such a change that would protect religious freedom? 
This shouldn't be an issue of uh, much concern for the Labor Party. The fact that it is shows how far away they have gone from their fundamental roots. Because remember, there was some good Christian men, especially in Australia, that helped set up the trade union movement. But of course, if you read the history of the trade union movement in Australia these days, the Christian commitment of the men in those days that helped set it up is just airbrushed out of the history. But that aside, uh, the Labor Party has recognised amongst at least some of its members, especially from Western Sydney, that they suffered substantial swings against them at the last election because men and women of faith were very concerned at the extreme political correctness that was occurring, the Israel Flower case, and the way that religion was being treated uh, generally by left-wing media, by commentators, and those that were preaching tolerance, those that were preaching acceptance, found it very convenient not to preach tolerance and, and acceptance, when it came to the Christian religion. And so I think many Christians, irrespective of what their political leanings may have been generally, thought that this was an election where they needed to draw a line in the sand and say, whatever our varying views of politics might be, the fundamental of having religious freedom was worth voting for. And a lot of our fellow Australians, I think, cast their vote accordingly because they saw in Scott Morrison in particular and in the coalition government a commitment to freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And Senator, there's no doubt about your own faith foundations and the fact that you've been outspoken uh, for years on this issue of religious freedom, even warning uh, that there would be challenges ahead. But of course, uh, no denying that it was under the Liberal government, under Malcolm Turnbull's leadership, that uh, these issues of the need for uh, clarifying religious freedom actually came to light. Uh, I know there'd be listeners who'd be concerned whether Prime Minister Scott Morrison has actually got what it takes uh, to push this through thing, uh, this thing through to a conclusion to protect religious freedom. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the Prime Minister and his resolve? It is always difficult to make brave predictions in politics, but I'll try and make one, and that is I believe that Prime Minister Scott Morrison does understand this as a very foundational issue for our society. And I've been heartened that many of my colleagues who do not share the Christian faith nevertheless can objectively assess the situation and say, uh, we've gone too far, Israel Folau has been treated shamefully, uh, we do need to reset, recalibrate our discrimination laws to ensure that uh, Israel, that people like Israel Folau are protected in the future. Now, the former Prime Minister, he claimed at the time of the same-sex marriage plebiscite that he was even more strongly committed to religious freedom than he was to same-sex marriage. Yet when the legislation came before the Parliament, those of us that sought to amend the legislation and pursue amendments were voted down uh, by other members of the parliament indicating that for them religious freedom was not as important an issue as same-sex marriage. 
all that is in the past. I think the Labor Party have got a rude awakening as a result of this last election, and I think we've got leadership at the very top in Scott Morrison that understands the need for this change in the legislation, and I look forward to that which will be put to the Parliament in due course. Uh, Senator Betts, good getting your insights, uh, heartening to know that there is what appears to be a strong development today in that response from the Human Rights Commission recognising there is a defect in Australia's law when it comes to religious freedom. Uh, Tasmanian Liberal Senator Erica Betts, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. A pleasure as always. Thanks a lot, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.